Jameson Company. I'm your host, Matt LePan. This week, we're joined by one of our great technical support representatives, Russell Adamy. Russell, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me, Matt. Glad to be here. This week, Russell's going to go over something that's often not touched on enough. That is the proper diagnosis, testing, and prevention of refrigerant leaks and really identifying them. Pretty much anything to do with a refrigerant leak within your systems. Again, this is really important. So Russ is going to take us through and really give you everything you need to know. So first I want to talk about the symptoms of a leak. We go on a service call. Sometimes we hear things that it's not keeping up on the hot days or it's not cooling at all. Or maybe there's water on my basement floor and turns out the evaporator is a big block of ice. So those conditions can mean other things, other issues. But it's the beginning of us identifying low refrigerant being a cause for the service call. What we typically see is low pressure, high superheat, and low to no subcooling. So low pressure on its own doesn't tell us there's a leak. What we need to be looking at, which we should always look at every time we attach our gauges to the system, is liquid line temperature and suction line temperature, subcooling and superheat. An undercharged system will have low to no subcooling. There's not enough refrigerant in the system to spend time as liquid in the condensing unit for the subcooling to take place. Also, high superheat. The high superheat comes because we're starving the evaporator. Starving the evaporator of refrigerant because without enough refrigerant in the system, it gets 100% boiled off earlier in the evaporator. So that's where we get the added superheat that added sensible heat that takes place once it's back to a vapor. There's a few ways we can approach the leak check, depending on the conditions. Is there no refrigerant to our pressures read zero, or are they just a little low with the, again, high superheat, low subcooling? First is visual. We use our eyes. We look for oil. Oil leaks out with refrigerant. So when we have a leak, oil comes out, the, the refrigerant evaporates, and the oil remains behind. We can look around flare fittings if they're flared. We can look at our evaporator and our condensing coil, our piping joints. What we tend to see on our coils when we have a leak is a staining. It looks wet. It's the oil remaining that's darker and it tends to drip down the coil so it'll almost look like a trail of water dripping down the coil. We also have electronic and ultrasonic leak detectors. These are very sensitive instruments. Some of them in a lab setting can detect as much as a half an ounce per year leak. So a leak that would lose one pound of refrigerant over 32 years. And these are, are one of the good ways to find the general area of the leak. Once we think we have the area, we can check with using soap bubbles, the pressure, the whatever's coming out will form bubbles. When we have a new system with a leak or a system that has no refrigerant, we can pressurize it and add nitrogen to the system. If there's no refrigerant in it, our electronic or ultrasonic detectors have nothing to detect. So by adding a trace amount, a small amount of refrigerant, it will leak out with the nitrogen and we'll be able to pick those up with our leak detectors. Now how do we prevent leaks? Some leaks are unavoidable, we can't prevent. But we can prevent human error. A lot of leaks we find on joints, whether it's brazed or flared, can be traced back to the preparation. 
to when we actually start making the flare or cleaning our copper to braze. And it, it first starts with a straight 90 degree cut across the pipe. You don't want to put too much pressure on the cutting wheel as you spin your tubing cutter. We don't want to crush the pipe or fold it in. So we do it lightly, more turns, it's okay, it's five or ten seconds. Once we cut the pipe, we need to make sure we ream the pipe. Most tubing cutters come with a reamer, or you can buy reamers separately that they're specifically for that task. We also want to have clean fitting. We want to make sure we wipe it down. We don't have any dirt, debris, anything at all on the surface of that copper. These days with so many contractors installing Mitsubishi equipment, the ductless splits all have flare fittings, which means we have a lot of opportunity for leaks that are our own fault. When it's time to make our flares, there are some industry standards that can help us along to make a quality flare that's the right thickness, the right size, and that does not crack. When making our flares, it's good to wipe a little bit of oil on the outside of the pipe and then also on the yoke of our flaring tool. This will provide lubrication so that as the copper is formed, it doesn't get hung up on the tool or the flaring nut when we go to install it. Most flaring tools these days have a clutch built into the assembly. A problem we can have sometimes is tightening the yoke down too tight and making the flare too thin. With vibration over time, this can cause cracks in our flares, causing a leak. If your tool doesn't have a clutch, or even it does, one thing you can do is to take your handle and turn it a quarter turn at a time, back off a little. Turn it a quarter time, back off a little. So once we've made our second flare, because the first time we made the flare, we forgot to put the flare nut on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when it comes time to assemble the fitting onto the unit, we want to use torque wrenches. We'd never want to over-tighten or under-tighten. Over-tightening is just as bad as under-tightening it will eventually turn into a leak. And people will say, oh no, I know what I'm doing. I've done this a thousand times. But what we don't know about those thousand times is if six months or two years down the road, now there's a leak. A torque wrench won't allow over-tightening of the joint. It's never a good idea to put any type of sealer on the face of the flare or the back of the flare. It's useless to put anything in the threads as that's not where it leaks from. It leaks from the face around the nut. The two products that, that people tend to use on flares are Leak Lock, the blue stuff, and Nylock, which is a sealer made from refrigerant oil that never hardens. Problem with Nylock is I've never seen literature from any manufacturer that says it's okay to use on their equipment. If Nylog goes into the system and it gets clumpy in there, we got to realize with these new equipment, we have strainers, a lot of times multiple strainers in the system. Some of them that are called 100 mesh strainers. Now 100 mesh means there's 100 openings in one square inch. That will stop particles just under 6 one-thousandths of an inch or 149 microns. It's important 
we don't use this and get this into the system. Yeah, that's essentially less than a grain of sand. It'll filter out. So if this gets into your system, it's going to get caught in your strainer. It's going to back everything up and just cause a mess. So now we've come to a service call, determined we had a leak. We did proper leak testing procedures. We've fixed our leak. It's time to pressure test. Pressure test the highest pressure you can. Sometimes that's 150. Some manufacturers like Mitsubishi call for up to 600 pounds of pressure in the system. And don't skip the pressure test. It's a little bit of extra time, but don't just assume that because you've done it a thousand times, the time 1001 isn't going to be a leak. Make sure you're doing these pressure tests. You'd rather take the extra 20 minutes now than have to come back in three weeks and fix another leak and cost yourself a half a day. With an angry customer. And likely an angry boss. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, Russell. And again, this is... It's some more basic stuff. It's getting back to the basics a little bit and making sure that you're out there doing what you need to do correctly. You know, some of this stuff gets overlooked because it's the basics, but Russell is here and he's giving you some great information on detecting these leaks, preventing these leaks, and just making your life a little easier. Like we said, you're going to have an angry boss if you have to go back to the same job two, three, four times to fix leaks. Make sure you're doing it right the first time. Make sure you're listening to these guys, whether it be Russell, Phil, Ken, Mark, John, any of them. They know what they're talking about, and they're just here to help you. want to thank Russell again for coming on. want to thank you all out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Taurus Tech Talk. Just search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn using the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, you can catch all of our podcasts. On our website, sgtourist.com backslash podcast. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Tourist Network.